Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Open up your words to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I am going to read from 1 to 18. And I've got a guest speaker who's going to help me all the way from Harrisdale. He's going to share, <laughs> help me. Amen. So today, if you're looking for a title of a sermon, is Treasure of God in Jars of Clay. Now, as you can see, I've got a little bit of things here. My friend Heather, look at this. Heather and David gave me this beautiful clay jar. Isn't that awesome? Are you, are you friends with me if I accidentally break it? <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm trying not to break it. I'm a bit of a walker, so I'm like, all right. Let's, let's, I'm speaking from the NLT version. All right. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell truth before God and all who are honest knows this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves, amen? We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be greater thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, 
For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Wow. Amen. Who do you believe that's a word in season? Honestly, I love this passage. Now, I was just like reading it through and just a few questions I was asking. I was like, God, why do you think there were divisions in the Corinthian church? don't have to answer it. I'm sure we have our own kind of uh, opinions on why there was divisions. And why was a church such a mess, right? We're hearing a lot of reports currently that a lot of churches are in a mess. So the primary answer is that they actually didn't understand God's work in them. They didn't understand. If you read 1 Corinthians, it actually can be summarized in a really simple statement. Being a Christian isn't about you. So sorry, guys. <laughs> it's really not about you. It's not about me. Um, because the Corinthians did not understand God's purpose in saving them, their own personal desires dominated the church. Lord, help us never to be that church. And this actually will lead to division every time. So one of Paul's primary purpose in his second letter was to give them a picture of who they were to be as a disciple of Christ. So when I read this passage, I'm encouraged, but I'm also challenged by it at the same time, right? And it's caused a stirring in me. And I came across this quote by a minister who was reflecting on his own service to God. He said, you cannot bear the weight of this calling in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. So it's encouraging to know that we don't have to grow as a Christian by our own effort and our own strength. I would mess it up if it was up to me. But thank goodness the power comes from God himself. So on the other hand, these verses can also be challenging because we don't like to think ourselves as ordinary, everyday clay jars, right? When someone tells you, oh, you're just a... You're just plain. You're just ordinary. We personally, we take that as an offense, right? We're like, oh, I'm not, I'm extra. <laughs> you know, I am extra. We hear that a lot in the Gen Z culture. I'm extra. But you know what? I just love the Bible. God does everything differently. Not only that, it sounds like God sometimes deliberately permits these frail jars to be battered and broken. I mean, come on, God, what's with that? This doesn't seem sometimes when you read this like what Paul's reading to us is like an enjoyable path towards Christian growth. So let me give you a quick summary of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So you got Paul who's speaking about his role serving Jesus and, um, and as an apostle and in this role he's suffering through persecution and false accusations at this moment and the Corinthians view him in a very negative light doesn't happen to us here right a group of teachers have come to the city and like you know what we don't like we don't agree with Paul these teachers were spreading rumors about him we don't spread rumors about our brothers and sisters do we church they accused him of lying about him encountering Jesus when he saw his face found in Acts chapter 9 verse 3 you can read that in your own time they said that he wasn't a legit apostle 
because he wasn't one of the original 12, like Peter or John. They were trying to convince the Corinthians that if a person is a true apostle, then they wouldn't look, they would look the part. Do you look the part? Is there a part? Is there something that we're missing? This isn't the kind of apostle that they thought that they needed or should have had. They wanted someone more impressive. Sorry, you got me this morning. No, I'm just joking. So, yeah, Paul is actually walking in Jesus' footsteps. And so Paul serves as an example of someone with great confidence in Christ. So we read in chapter 3, in chapter 3, Paul, Paul is explaining the new covenant and all the wonders that was found in our new freedom. The veil of separation has been torn between us and God. And that's found in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. So Paul is sharing we are able to know God personally and have a relationship with him. So Paul explains how, that, how the hope they have is different from that of the old law, which was passed down by Moses. Get excited. We have a new freedom in Christ. So all this leads up to the statement about Christians being the jars of clay that holds this treasure, which is the gospel. So I want to just read verse 3 again. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God, little g, of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. <sighs> Verse 3 and 4, currently living it at the moment. We are facing a world full of oppositions, opinions, different kind of theologies, ideas. We've got confusion. We've got hate. We've got lack of empathy. People just don't care. The way they talk to each other on social media, I'm telling you, it is a mess at the moment. And at this moment, you can see the ruler of the earth working overtime. Scripture makes it clear that Satan is currently in charge of planet Earth. Even Jesus Christ himself, shortly before his arrest and crucifixion, acknowledged Satan's authority. In John 14 verse 30, it says, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. Get a bit of sass in you like Jesus. He has no power over me. I'm also going to ask Raina just to read Ephesians and the other scripture. Ephesians 2.2. 2. Ephesians 2.2 2 says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And next passage. Yep. Okay. So you, sorry, you could actually just see Paul refer, referring to Satan as a ruler of the kingdom of air. Just the last one, Ronan. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 to 10. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. 
So I just wanted to give you some reference points just to let you know that we're not, we are actually showing you that, that there is right now, currently, that you can see Satan actually ruling the air and the earth with things that are coming through, through the way that we are seeing and seeing human beings act towards each other right now, what's being projected on our screens. We need to understand, like what Jesus said, that he said he has no power over him. But you've got to actually say, he has no power over me. Amen? See, unless you believe in his lies and tricks, my prayer for you is that you understand your word and pray pray and ask the Holy Spirit for another level of discernment so that you can understand what is truth and what is a lie when something or someone is presenting you something. You need to challenge that word. You need to go, mm, my spirit, I'm having a check in my spirit. Hang on. I'm not going to answer you right now. I'm going to go back to my word and understand it. This is not of God's spirit that I don't want it. And that's how I roll. So, <laughs> but be careful. You've got to be careful of this liar. He is a fake who's turning everything God has created in a good way for his evil purposes. He in, he's currently influencing world events by injecting his evil ideas into the minds of humans everywhere right now, right? In the last 10 years, last five years, things are just getting out of hand. And we can see the prince of the air in our social media, in our TV. Come on, Grammys, full, it was fully displayed. I don't know about you, but I don't watch these kind of shows anymore because you know what? They actually project... Uh, promoting the antichrist and if am I in Christ then my spirit cannot contain that and won't entertain that because it was on full display of his tricks come on the devil is not being subtle anymore Christian he is showing his tricks to the world the project recently you know had this person on the panel and he started speaking and about Jesus and making crude jokes does that not offend you doesn't it make you grieve doesn't it want to get you on your knees and start to pray for our nations just to say Lord let them see brands encouraging kids to rebel against your parents you know identities and genders are mess messed up you know, girls don't want to go to toilets at schools anymore because they're afraid a boy will walk in. What's going on? Schools are under attack. Parents don't want a parent anymore. I can go on. But you know what? There's also a false God in our churches convincing people only blessings and prosperity is the key of living a good life. And if you do this, then you can have it all. Just got to be good. But when suffering comes, you blame God. Now, listen. God does want to bless you. His, but his word is full of promises. He does want to bless you. He does want to prosper you. But he also says, just like Paul said, there will be suffering. There will be suffering. There will be hard times. There will be trials. There will be tribulations. See, the God of the mountaintop is also the God of the valley. He is with you in every season through the joy and the pain. Amen? So the world says, blame God when life goes wrong. 
blame God. My husband went to a first aid course and the guy was just blaming God through the whole thing. And he was like, what? You know, blame him for our decisions and well events. Well, God causes war. God caused children to starve. You know, the enemy's like, yeah, he's just feeding. He's just fueling the people. It's like, yeah, it's all his fault. He's feeding lies by creating deception and division. Not just in the world, but even in the churches right now, even between brothers and sisters of Christ, there's division happening. We have to start to wake up. We have to start to really understand what God is doing in this nation. The veil from the enemy is all about his evil intentions to separate us from the truth, right? Create lies that you cannot come to God because you have done too much or you're not worthy. You're not worthy. How many of you have heard that? You can never, you know, be everything you are in God because your life is messed up or you've done too much to come to God. That is a lie. The Satan's fruit, you've got to look at his fruit. It displays rebellion, rejection, bitterness, pride. It's, it's not just reflecting in the unbelievers. Again, I said it's creeping into our hearts and we've got to watch that space when it comes to our hearts. What we receive, what we see, what we hear, what we watch. Many of us are still under that old law of condemnation. If we, if you know, you do something wrong, instead of running towards him, we run away out of fear, of embarrassment, out of shame. We're bound up by religion. But you know what? Religion keeps you away from knowing who Christ is. The veil has been torn. It has been done by Jesus Christ. We've got to stop acting like, you know, I can't come to God because I've got too much issues. No, that's not God. Truth is, there is suffering. There is hard times and moments when you want to give up. But Paul says, don't give up. Other translations say, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't let the enemy play with your heart. You know, when I grew up, don't let a boy play with your heart. I'm just going to give you advice. Don't let the devil play with your heart. Guard your heart from that liar. So church, we're supposed to be leading the way when it comes to the spiritual condition of this world. The Bible says we are the head and not the tail. But sometimes we're acting like the tail because we're running in fear. We're not standing up for truth. We're not saying, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's not the right doctrine. No, 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 that's not the right. That's not how you speak. Because we're too scared because we're going to lose friends or we're just like going to get bashed on social media. Someone's going to, you know, hey, mate, my name's Karen right now. And you know how many bashing I get as a Karen right now? Oh, my word. And I'm like, I'm a justice girl. I'm like, I'm going to fight for the Karens of this nation. You know, I'm going to fight. I'm going to claim my name back because you know what? My name means pure. My name means pure. And what has the devil taken? He's taken my name pure and made it ugly. And you know what? I am a Karen and I'm proud of it. Because <laughs> Christ has made me, right? So remember, when you say someone like, call them a Karen, remember, you're calling them pure. So, amen. Take it back in Jesus' name. All right. Yeah, I am. I'm telling you. Devil better not be messing with me. I'm like, you touched my name now. You touched my Jesus. You touched my name. I'm about to come down and sort you out. So, so we're looking so much. 
<laughs> bit of sass there, calm down. All right, so <laughs> you'll get used to me. Um, so we are looking so much on the condition. We look at the condition of this earthen vessel. We look at this, but we're neglecting the treasure that's inside of us. See, the world tells us if we've got to look a certain way, we've got to be a certain age, we've got to feel a certain way, we've got to have long hair, short hair, we've got to be skinny as to fit in all the size six dresses. No, 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 no. Not to look at the condition. This is very rustic. You can see it's been loved a lot. <laughs> it's been outside, a bit faded. <laughs> Just describing your jar here, it's very pretty. But it's been out and it's lived a life at the moment. You can see it. And verse 7 says, We now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So this jug, so the scripture, when the scripture was written, clay vessels were everywhere, right? They were widely used for containers for food and water. They were also common lamps, um, also used for clay pitchers, for olive oil, and floating candles. They, but clay jars were also used to hold things like money, jewels, and even scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls were actually found in clay jars. So Paul's main purpose in calling himself and the apostles jars of clay is to reveal that human weakness presents no barrier to the purpose of God. Oh, I just love God. What the world calls weak, he calls strong. I'm just going to ask Raina to read Isaiah 30, verse 14. And he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel which is broken in pieces, he shall not spare. So there shall not be found among its fragments a shard to take to the fire from the half or to take water from the cistern. See, the worth of these vessels is evidence that surpassing power that takes place in human lives is God and not the apostles and not us. We don't get this power. We can't manufacture it. We can't make it. Vessels are useful for a while, but have limited working life. Who's bought some pots from Bunnings and they're broke? Who, who buys plates from Kmart and they chip a lot? Hey, oh, don't even get me started. But anyway, then they frail, they crack, they break, and they dissolve. Jars of clay also show weakness. Who likes to be weak in this place, right? Yeah. Since the material was inexpensive, they break easily, just as we see with the Klar J's jars today. So it wouldn't take much for a jar to be knocked over. Heather's sweating there. No, I'm kidding. And to shatter all over the floor. In fact, the book of Matthew chapter 27, there's a reference to the potter's field. Just, um, where's? Great job. So that's um, just a picture I found of the potter's field. And this is a piece of land filled with pieces of cloud jays that were unwanted after they broke. And they were just thrown in the field. There's a reference to Judas in that as well. So sometimes we can look at a person, and this, as Christians, we've got to stop doing this. And I'm speaking to myself. We've got to stop looking at a person 
and think they've got it all together. We've got to watch how we speak to each other, how we just sometimes we think, oh, I'm just so straightforward, I'm just going to say what I feel. But ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom because there are broken jars that come through that door that are full of cracks and have lived life and been out for a long time and they've finally come back and take the courage to step back in. And sometimes we have to look at a person and realize that the thick porcelain is more delicate than it first appears. This might look tough, but if actually it can smash. Our bodies are made from earthen materials. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Clay represents renewal. A jar has to go through the furnace, JL chose that song well, in order to make us stronger. Without the process, the clay will remain remain delicate and likely to crack. Who actually sings that song, Refine Me, Lord, Put Me Through the Fire? (laughs) Randa's always like, that's a dangerous prayer. Let's not sing it. Worship comes on. I don't know if I can say that, Lord, because you're going to put me through the fire because I'm praying, I'm singing, refine me, Lord, and he does. So our minds and bodies are so delicate, so easily broken and cracked, but then we wonder, why would you do that, God? I ask myself, why, God, wouldn't you just display this treasure in a more beautiful jar, right? Instead, God puts the treasure in in a very plain, delicate, short-lived container like us. That is the gospel. Many of us have to embrace the fact that we are clay jars. Tell the person next to you, I'm a clay jar. (laughs) And the only reason I can do what I can do is because what what is God's placed inside of me? Right? Sign of humility. It's not about you. You can't grow it yourself. You didn't get your talents from yourself. You know, it comes from God. The gifts come from God. When I see myself as weak, and I'm telling you I've seen myself weak through circumstances, situation, but God saw me as his treasure. He wanted to shine me up again. Diamond in the rut. <laughs> A treasure is something of great value. Usually this word makes us think of financial riches, right? Gold and jewels. But that's not what Paul is saying. The treasure he speaks of is the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a world saying if you're weak, broken, delicate, full of faults, you're old, you can't be used, you're worn out. Well, that's not what my Bible says. Raina, just read Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31. Don't listen to others when they say that you are worn out and your time's up. Because Isaiah says, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Yep. Verse 30 and 31. Even you shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Just pausing for suspense, that's all. <laughs> but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. Amen. 
you are going to keep walking and you're going to keep going until you take your last breath. Amen. So please don't listen to the world's perspective of what they're trying to tell you. They're trying to put you into retirement at 56 years old. No, that's not how God works. He will use you until the day that you are taken from earth because he has a purpose and a plan for each one of you in this place. So I'm actually going to ask my lovely friend, one of my besties, I've asked her to come on. She's come to visit. I'm like, can you get on stage? And she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, come. This is Fiona, Princess Fiona. <laughs> so I just want to show you. See, we're like this vase, but as this vase is completely undeserving of this beautiful bouquet of flowers, thanks, Fee, we are totally undeserving of this treasure of Christ. So how much more beautiful does it look when we replace these flowers in the vase, right? You can't keep saying you're undeserving, that I'm not worth it, I can't be used from God. I'm just a broken down vessel, broken down vase. I've got full of cracks and chips and I've just got a pass. But when God actually puts the treasure inside of you, look how much more beautiful this vase looks. But God has chosen you, has. He has chosen you and me to share this awesome and amazing gift of his love and grace. He's called you to speak his truth. And as we realize how weak and undeserving we are, I want you to see how great God's love and grace is for you, that he would still choose you to share his word with his people. Now, I've got different kind. Now, we're all packaged differently, right? Some of us are a little bit round, a little bit wide, a little bit tall, a little bit small. <laughs> And I don't know, I'll leave that one to you figure out. But, so everyone's packaged very differently, right? But everyone shares the same treasure to reflect his glory. We've got to stop focusing on the outside. We get caught up so much of that, or how people should look, and, oh, you need to present like this. You need to be like this. You need to be like, you know, no, no, I don't. No, I don't, because I know who my word is. Outside becomes more important than the inside. The world says outside's better than inside. No, no, the word says your inside is better than your outside, what you reflect. If you don't fit a certain box, then you're different. I'm cool to be different. I'm okay with being different. I love being different. You know what? I don't want to be a part of the world and what they're offering. I just want to be a child of God. I want to reflect his glory. I want to be his treasure. A cracked jar of clay. All glory here. <laughs> a cracked jar of clay is not a bad thing, right? I used to look at my past and what I happened to me, and you know, I used to have people remind me how cracked up I am, and <laughs> like, oh, you're a cracked jar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honestly, people love to point out your weakness and your, you know, point out, oh, you got a bit of a chip there. Well, if you got a chip on your shoulder, you better get rid of it. But anyway. <laughs> What I'm saying is, like, I used to feel that oppression when people come up to me. Oh, you're a woman, you're this, you know. Before I was remarried, I was divorced. It was all this, like, had everything come at me. And I was like, what? 
what? I just feel so cracked. I mean, the, like you're pouring water in me, God, but there's water everywhere. And I just feel like I'm so useless. People are telling me I'm nothing. And then I had to go back to the Word. I had to go back to the Word. And I had to understand, hang on, being a cracked jar is not a bad thing when you know the potter. Mm-hmm. He makes all things new. When I'm about to be, you know, feeling cracked and I'm just needing a little bit of reach, I just go back on the potter's wheel, yield to him and ask him, mold me, shape me, get rid of any flaws and faults and everything that I need. And I just want to serve you. I can't help who I, what happened to me or who I am or how many cracks or wrinkles I've got. I don't care anymore. I don't know if it's me getting older or just me getting deeper in the Word because I'm realizing the treasure that is coming from this Word when you read it in God's way and through His eyes. It is God's preference for you to be a delicate jar of clay. So His, listen, His surpassing power is put on display through to you, through you, to your friends, to your community, to your family. Let's do it for his glory and not seek out on the approval or look for others to affirm us. How many of us are not reaching your dreams because you're waiting for someone to say, it's okay, you can do it? Don't do that. If God says in his word, is giving you a word, go for it. You don't need a marching band. You don't need a cheer squad. You just need you and God. You need the word to just say in you, go, be released. Go forth, make disciples. How many of us? Oh, everyone's like, oh, don't go there, Pastor Karen. You're going to go there. How many of us are actually keeping our treasure locked away? I'm going to finish with this. Hidden in a box. You know, some of my jewelry I hide in a box because I keep it away. So how many of us do that? We keep our precious jewels away and um, because... We just don't want it to be lost or damaged. And that's like us. Sometimes we come into church and we have treasure in us, but we lock it away, we hide it away, we keep it in our packaging because we're fearing that someone's going to hurt us, that I'm going to be abused again, I'm going to be hurt again, I'm going to be disappointed again. Well, God doesn't disappoint. Or you think your packaging is not good enough. All these pots... Have purpose and use for every kind of plant. You can't put big plants in this, but you can put the little cute things that you need for your tables in this. See, we all have a purpose. We need to stop, church, please, family of God, we need to stop concealing the word because of fear. This is a time that we should not be shying away. We need to start rising up. And we can't treat churches like caves and hide our lights because of the persecution or fear of suffering or because of losing friends because we chose to be a follower of Christ. We've got to get out there. This building is not a cave. We are not Batman. We don't hide in caves. We have to get out. It's time to remove the veils of comfort and start to pray again. Start to seek his wisdom. Pray for the lost. Pray. Do something with the gift that's in you, with the treasure that's in you to bring change to your community. Serve God. Use your treasure. Bring him glory through your smile, through your welcome. Your service is a treasure to him and to others. The gospel, I'm sorry, is not about you. 
You were saved because God had a purpose to use you for his glory. You were put on this earth for such a time as this to bring him glory through whatever atmosphere, whatever workplace situation. It's not all about just coming to church. Or how comfortable Sundays are for you. The songs are not for you. The preaching's not for you. The gospel is about others. Go. Let's go. Pastor Josh said a couple of weeks like, we are here to release you into the call that God has called you to do. The building, this building where we meet together on Sunday is just us coming together to congregate, to, to bring Him worship, to give Him glory, to sing of His goodness and His praises. This building is just a training ground so you can be released to what God has commissioned you to do. Verse 6 says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Genesis 1, 3 to 4 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. Lord, just pray that prayer over you. Let there be light. Some of you are switched off. Some of you have got dim lights. Some of you guys are not even using your light. Some of you guys prefer to stay in the dark. Well, I'm comfortable here. Don't talk to me about serving again. Don't talk to about giving up a, you know, a time slot or getting out there. Oh, I can't do that. I've had my time. In the... No, 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 no. Let there be light in you, in you, in you. Come on, say that. Let there be light in you, in me. The last verses of 8 to 11. I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to summarise it. Struggles and hardships break the clay jars so that treasure inside can be seen. It is through my hardships and my struggles that my treasure came out the most. Because honestly, when people ask me, how did you recover? How did you get up? I can't, I can only say it was only but Jesus because I allowed the treasure in me to shine and get up on my feet again. Are we allowing people to see the treasure we carry? Or are we causing to people to only look at the jar, which is us? Do we draw attention to ourselves or do we draw attention to the gospel? We must have the glory be directed to God and never to ourselves. We as Christians undergo attacks and jars of clay are broken down the world, you know, the more that we allow this treasure to come out, the world can see Jesus shining within this broken vessel. We've all been broken. We've all been battered. We've all been bruised. We've all been hurt. We've all had a sense of abuse or someone's spoken ill over you. But you know what? It's time to allow that treasure to come out. Will new life come to someone this year because they saw Jesus in your life? I don't get the credit for my ability to get up and recover. It all goes to Him. Remember, there's treasure in your jar of clay that can meet the needs of others. Your story, your testimony is powerful and the enemy knows that. The minute that you open your mouth and release your testimony, hey, 
lives change, but they have to see it. Family, we have to show who Jesus is in this dying world. The world needs Jesus. The world is hurting. The world, the world is broken. But we, He has used us to bring the answer. We have to learn to carry the gospel, this treasure. Will you choose faith or fear? God's view or your view? God's way or your way? So let's just... Um, just going to ask Pastor Josh to come up and I'm just going to just conclude this just just right now just thank God thank God for your life that's been redeemed from total loss from your broken life your rejected life and just thank him for being a new creation in Christ and my prayer for you today is I don't know what you're going through I don't know how you might be afflicted or or persecuted or struck down But I do know this, that God loves you. God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ. He has given you the Holy Spirit and has promised to make you all things new. So my prayer for you is that you start to shine the light of Jesus as you walk through your tough times, that you may share hope to a dying world. And don't look at your life and think I'm too broken to be loved or to be used or to be restored. Man, Jesus is more powerful than super glue. (laughs) He can put you together. He can make you whole. He can restore your life. What God of this earth right now do you need to renounce and allow that treasure to shine again? What are you watching? What are you viewing? Are you spending more time with something else rather than in your word? Don't let life's discouragements prevent you from serving Jesus. It's time that we start living our life as bold, courageous Christians. In the midst of a worldly culture, it's challenging at times, even crushing to our spirit, but it's time that we make room, Holy Spirit. It's time that we ask the Holy Spirit to renew this broken vessel to take the courage to stand. If you're feeling discouraged, then ask him, Lord, I need help. And if you need help just to take for prayer, we're just going to ask you right now just to close your eyes. And I'm just going to ask Pastor Josh just to finish the service. Thank you, Father, Lord. We just want to thank you for this word this morning. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you that you are using these broken vessels, those who have come to you, Lord Father, feeling delicate, feeling unloved or feeling like they can't be used. I thank you for restoration. I speak life in this place right now. I thank you that, Lord Father, what's you placed inside of them, the treasure that's inside of them will start to come out, Lord Father, and that they will use it for your glory, that you, I speak boldness and courage over this place right now. I speak purpose in this place, and I thank you that your treasure will start to just, they start to feel that, Lord Father, that sense of faith to rise in their place, that they will step out and start to speak your truth. 
start to shine your light and start to be those vessels that reflect your glory. And we just thank you, Lord, for loving us so much and giving us, Lord Father, life once again. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.